0: Hi and welcome to The Three Good Podcast, a weekend podcast where I talk about all things to do with positive psychology, well-being, resilience, mental health and emotional intelligence. I'm your host Sukh Pavia. Hi folks and welcome to episode 19 of The Three Good Podcast this one's going to fall a bit out of the normal regular pattern of being a weekend podcast because i 'm recording it on a Monday, and <laughs> my guest is Joe Steven uh, not Stevenson Joe Wainwright hi Joe
1: hi sock
0: i'm sorry, I almost made a faux pas there. I still have to get used to name changes when they happen, <laughs> and I know it's been a while, but it still kind of sticks in there it's okay.
1: I spoke to someone at a cancelling a, a policy this morning and they were like, hello Mrs Stevenson. I just thought, I'm not going to, I want them off the phone, I'm not going to spend time <laughs> telling them that it's changed. Right.
0: Good. I can feel better knowing that I'm definitely not the <laughs> only one. Well, no, I don't know. I've known you for long enough to know that I actually I should know better. But anyway. <laughs> um, so, folks, it's been a while since I last recorded the last epi- uh, last podcast episode and life's just been a bit busy as happens Uh, so I had a bit of holiday time which was nice got away with the family had a work trip which was really really beneficial and got to uh, do some good traveling for that and then when I came back my children decided they all needed to be ill over the course Mm -hmm. of three weeks and so completely threw all of my normal routines out of the window and so this week things started to become back to normal routine and i hopeful that means that uh, that things start to settle a bit as well. So, in the in today's one, um, the reason I asked Joe to come along and be a guest with me on the on the podcast is for the last four years, I've been talking to Joe in a um, in a counselling capacity, and that's been because I recognised a while ago I needed to. Seek out some personal support, and really have someone to spend time with to help me work through what I was thinking about, um, so that I could get to some kind of resolution for stuff. And through that, one of the things that struck me all the way through is is Joe, your approach with me. Um, I've, I've said it to you before and I'm quite happy to say here on the podcast too, your support to me directly has been one of the most important things that I've experienced and that allowed me to work through my stuff in a way which was just so accepting of me and free of judgement. And I don't think I've ever experienced that before. Um, and I don't mean in terms of a counselling relationship, but just even kind of a friendship. And so that was that. It was something which really, really struck me, and it's something I want to talk more about. So I think that's where I'm starting from. I didn't know that you're. I didn't know that
1: you're going to say all of that. I'm quite overwhelmed. <laughs> I know you briefly said I want to talk about this I didn't know you were going to say that so um, that's lovely to hear that it's been um, yeah you've said things like that to me before but we're on a podcast now and I was oh <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I didn't know I was going to say that either but it's uh, thank you you're welcome
1: so yeah um,
0: so about I mean so some of the pieces about that for me are so one of the things that you were clear about when we first started talking was that you would you would always be able to just listen to me and allow me to say what I needed to without judgment
1: Mm.
0: so and and I don't have a clear question that's coming next but there's something around like so where does that come from what is that
1: I don't know. I, um, I definitely, well, when I was, um, it's kind of, I can't really remember the beginning of, other than attributing it to being brought up in a way where I was encouraged not to judge people and to see difference and to appreciate difference. Right. And it wasn't, I can't even ever remember it being articulated in that way at all. And um, I remember just being quite passionate about understanding different people.
0: Yeah. From
1: um, when we started collecting recycled paper and then collecting toiletries to send in boxes to Romania, was it? When I was like in primary school, and there was just this um, um, I don't know, just interested in people. I just mm. always loved people. and and different people, and was fascinated by people. And then when I was at university, I did go and volunteer at um, Childline to be a telephone counsellor, which was the most developmental stretch that I think I've ever experienced in quite a short space of time. I don't quite know if I was ready for it. Yeah. Um, But it was brilliant, and I thought, what, I'm going to be a counsellor for children and young people with with these... So did that, and um, the counselling approach is person centred, yeah. and it just felt like that was me. It felt like that is how I want to be, and I think from from then, it felt like it, it was just like a, a values calibration that you kind of grow when you go through that because you just learn, you make some choices, and you learn about what you believe about the world, and yeah. you learn about how you feel emotionally and what you think about people that do things that you don't like um, and that, that, make, that, that make you feel angry. You learn whether hearing about child sexual abuse makes you angry.
0: You yeah. learn,
1: um, and strangely enough, I, the thing that used to bother me the most was bullying when I was no. hearing phone calls about bullying, because I felt all the other stuff was so overt and explicit that it felt like you could do something about it, whereas yeah. bullying was often very covert and passive and you could never escape it. So I think I literally learned about being non-judgmental and not being a problem solver in that learning experience
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the experience of doing it for two and a half years and then supporting other counsellors to do their training so
0: that's powerful Mm. stuff Mm. and Mm. for for anyone who hasn't listened to the podcast episode on emotion at work podcast with Phil Wilcox Mm. Joe and Phil have also a really good exploration there about um, about the um, emotional you guys called it emotional labour um, and the emotion at work, that and the way that you're the way that you're trained to deal with that, so that you can manage your emotions well for the calls that you've got to handle. Mm, yeah. Um, I think
1: I learned. I learned not to. I a long time ago not to take that on. Right. Um, and I think what I have probably said to you on on a few on a few occasions, and I would say to someone I was listening to and supporting or even a friend like you can talk to me about stuff and it doesn't burden me right a lot of people because i know i have this i think well i probably think i probably don't talk about my stuff because i don't want it to be too heavy yeah the other people like i had a really really shit experience two years ago i love saying that it was two years ago and the 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 journey i went through from being ill to being well again yeah and now I can talk about it quite freely and just summarise it in, in, a, in a minute as to what happened and how awful it was and say it and I don't have any emotion attached to it because I'm, I'm cool with it through a lot of work to get that way yeah, yeah. but also I, I forget when I, when I tell somebody and I'm watching them listen that people can't handle that right. people can't bear to hear that because they don't know what to do with it, yeah. and a lot of people automatically just think they've got to take that on or make it better, or they yeah. they then carry they then hold it for you and carry it around for you, or, um, just through a positive intent mm, to mm, to be a supportive mm. person. And I think I learnt to do that as well, so so I can create a space where people can offload things, but I don't then. Mm. Take, carry it with me and walk off feeling shit because somebody else is feeling shit there's a little there's a little diagram that's um, on the wall, well it was, it was a long time ago when I was um, doing childlike counselling, but there's a thing about the pit okay. and there's this drawing about empathy and about somebody being in the dark it's a little stickman drawing and the, like the person's in the pit and it's very dark in there and they can't yeah quite seeing you're helping them explore it and and see the walls and imagine it and feel it and what's it look like what's it feel like and you always stand on the end and you always look in and you always reach out a hand but you never climb down there
0: okay that's a nice analogy
1: mm.
0: and I but when you spoke about when you explained there about how it doesn't burden you to hear other people's stuff. And I remember back to when you and I had those early conversations and I do remember you saying to me and repeatedly saying to me that I can tell you whatever I wanted to because it wouldn't burden you. And that was really freeing for me Mm. because it meant that I could truly be open about what I needed to explore without thinking, is this going to be too unsayable? Because I don't want to, I don't want you, Joe, to think anything negative of me because of what I may want to share or what I may want to say or -hmm. express.
1: Mm.
0: And so when I, because you were clear about how it wouldn't affect you, that really helped me to just know it's okay, I can say what I need to and I don't have to worry that. Joe's going to be affected. Yeah. And that was really... Yeah, like I said, it was really freeing to be that able to have of, that.
1: Yeah, that kind of thinking. Um, because it's current and it's what I'm doing right now, it, it reminds me of something directly from the thinking environment. Yeah, okay. And it's one of the Nancy Klein quotes where she writes, you matter because you don't matter.
0: You matter because you don't matter
1: Yeah So you you matter because you're there and you're present But for that other person They don't have to think about I wonder what they're thinking of me I wonder right. what, what their reaction is I wonder what this is making them think I wonder what they're going to say I wonder what they're going to feel Or how they're going to judge me But if you can be with and for somebody else Yeah In a way where It doesn't matter It shouldn't matter to them you can do better thinking. You can explore it. And we judge ourselves so easily. You don't need somebody else Mm. judging you.
0: That statement is so true. Yeah. We judge ourselves so easily without the need to have anyone else judge us.
1: Yeah. And I don't know where it came from, but there's a thing about close relationships yeah. on fam- familial relationships and explicitly asking for and saying, look, I need you to be someone that's not going to judge me because I can I can go out there and get that every day. I can yeah. get it in my own head. I need safe spaces and good relationships where I can blurt out. Because the thing about thinking, you see, is if you don't get to blurt out the thing that you're afraid to say, you won't hmm. get to the next bit.
0: Yeah.
1: So if you just, oh, better not say that because I shouldn't think it. I shouldn't think it and I better not say it. But if you never get a chance to say it and hear it out loud and reflect it back to yourself, you never get to decide whether that's the thought that you're owning or it's just the initial one that you want to get off your chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's a I great love bit to of do thinking. that. That's a great yeah. bit of thinking. I mean, I it's a great it. bit of thinking and it's also a great way you articulated it. I
1: mean, I love to do that. I do find that I do get that in thinking environment with with people am with friends that I trust. Like, like um, I mm. trust you, where it's okay for for me to blurt out. Do you know what? I'm really angry about this, mm. and, I, and I'm I'm not happy with this, and this, this, this. And it's just that freedom and space to do that without anyone going, "Oh, you shouldn't really be angry," or or it makes right. them all uncomfortable because you've yeah. got to be angry. I had a manager ages ago when I was first. When I was first a young person's drug and alcohol worker, you had a supervision with, and I remember the conversation went on far too long about me trying to express that I'd got angry and how I shouldn't be angry. Right. And I just thought, oh, shit, what am I meant to do with that then? (laughs) Yeah. Because I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, there's, there's definitely something about people being afraid to own their emotions and Mm -hmm. allow them to be what they are um, Mm -hmm. and also being able to work with them in a way that helps them to move through them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because, as we know, uh, most emotions are transient. They kind of come and go quite easily. The only reason they tend to stay is because we don't deal with them appropriately. Mm. And when we don't deal with them appropriately, and I'm talking about the kind of the negative, hard ones to deal with, as opposed to the kind of the joyful ones, Um, and you know, when we deal with the hard, when we don't deal with the hard stuff appropriately, it it stays and it anchors us in a place which is quite unhelpful. And Mm. um, and and when when that happens, it means then that we we have this narrative and often the rhetoric comes with it yeah, uh, you know, like you just said, you know, you shouldn't feel that way or you shouldn't really be angry. It's not really a great way to be with anybody, is it?
1: Yeah. And right. I think we need other people to do that for us and be like that for us because I do yeah. that to myself all the time. Yeah. So it never <laughs> mind me telling you about this manager who told me I shouldn't be angry. I don't I tell myself I shouldn't be angry. Right. And yeah, and yeah. I'll get I'll feel a certain way and something might bother me and I'll feel a bit grumpy.
0: Yeah. And then
1: I'll be like I don't want to be grumpy and I'm trying to rush myself through moving it on yeah. rather than just appreciating um, and listening to myself and just spending a time, not overthinking it necessarily, but just accepting it, that's the yeah. word, yeah, yeah, accepting yeah, yeah. it and just going, alright then, I'm grumpy, what what do I need to go and do? Yeah. And a bit more gentle self-compassion, That right. I think that's one of the hardest things, self-compassion. Um, and you do need other people yeah. to do that. You can be, into you can be inter- have a real intellectual and good understanding of thinking and be a super cognitive beh- cognitive behavioural practitioner. But you, it's very difficult mm. to be able to truly do that non-judgmental space for yourself.
0: Okay. But I don't think we're taught how to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think I don't think I've ever experienced anyone sit me down and say right so this is how you look after yourself
1: yeah
0: so you know in recent times the whole conversation around self care and well-being and resilience it feels quite hard to a lot of people because it's a, it's a whole set of conversations which which we've just never given ourselves permission to have
1: yeah
0: you know not properly I mean you know there's been a lot of people out there writing self-help books and what have you but that's i don't know how much of that was ever about self-compassion and yeah. actual self-care um and uh yeah and and, and so there's and, and so when, when we start to talk about or when we when we try and help people to understand what those terms mean it can feel quite um esoteric i suppose it's just mm. out of reach you know yeah. what do you mean i have to take care of myself or Be kind to myself. It's an alien language.
1: Yeah, it is really, isn't it? Sorry, you. I think a lot. I just, I don't know. I've jumped along since then. (laughs) A lot lot of people. um, I feel like I've said this before, but like the self-care is an industry now, isn't it? It is. From scented candles to all of the books, and I, I cannot begin to. I think other people, like we've been talking about, is the best self-care. Other people in that in that unconditional positive regard, non-judgmental, yeah. um, listening without interrupting sense, and just a bit, a tiny bit of that from someone you trust, and breathing. The mm. amount of people that I've helped with breathing, but in the initial sense, whenever you suggest that to people, and <laughs> yeah. I think it's because it's about ourselves. I just think I I'm allowed to breathe and I, I know I'm meant to do slower breathing but actually this, this and this actually when well, the reality of it is breathing is the most powerful tool that we've got right. to do self-care and it's right there at your fingertips but even that when you're stressed or you're anxious yeah, it's difficult to take control of your own breathing or to master that or to have somebody help you do that
0: yeah yeah I agree So, with these, right, so you use a few kind of terminologies here around, so um, uh, um, around non-judgmental, around having positive regard for others and positive intent for uh, mm. others and what have you. For you, how does that relate to what positive psychology is about?
1: That's totally um, what positive psychology is to me. So. Um, I have studied psychology and Mm. I understand that there are, this is a very simplistic (laughs) review (laughs) of, there's a a school of thought that that came strong and powerful which is all the behaviourism stuff, so the Skinner stuff and we are robotic and patterned and we do B because A happened and then C happened so we just have to undo and go. back with that and then there's the psychodynamic stuff which is the Freudian stuff which is Mm. that we do things because it's connected to our childhood and our ego states and those kind of things and Mm. then emerging from the middle of that was a third wave of psychology which is humanistic psychology and that's where Carl Rogers sits and Abraham Maslow sits and Mm, mm, mm. more current thinkers it links to Dessie's self-determination theory and some of the motivation stuff that Dan Pink's does and definitely um, the Seligman um, positive psychology stuff all comes out of that so for me it's a mind shift okay so if I can I've been reading the book Sapiens so I've got a biological link for this as well so we evolved so quickly that our brains and our bodies adapt didn't sorry we evolved all of our behaviors and our cultures so quickly yeah that our bodies and brains didn't have time to adapt so every I say everybody most people are now familiar with this fight or flighty thing that we've got And it, it's so important that we keep recognising that and understanding that because it's so present and it's so there. And we, didn't, we haven't had time to adapt to these new surroundings that we've put ourselves yeah, in. Yeah, that's
0: true. So these yeah.
1: convenient surroundings where risks are completely different to what our brain and the way we are built still believes risks to be.
0: Yeah. Which is
1: probably why we, we have so many medical things. Um, by the by. So, um, <laughs> going off on a tangent now. What well, I was trying to say was... So this traditional thinking is risk focused and it's problem focused. And it's the same kind of thinking that builds things like the medical model where we look for risk, we assess risk, we identify a problem, we diagnose Mm. and we treat. Mm. And then overall for me that just doesn't fit and it doesn't work. And this more humanistic thinking shifts problem risk thinking into solution Strength and positive thinking, and I've sat. I've spent a lot of time with people in workshops, doing solution-focused brief um, therapeutic uh, skills, and okay. that shift for people is massive. Especially when everybody works in an environment where we have to do risk assessments.
0: Yeah,
1: and to shift and think about the language that you use and what that communicates in terms of what you believe about somebody. Yeah. So if you believe that somebody is a free, independent thinker and that they behave and they do things because they choose to, not because it's predetermined, not because they're mechanical and obviously because A happened, B's going to happen, Mm. and you believe that most of their actions are driven by needs and self-determination, then they're also capable of change and doing something different. Right. And being whatever they want to be, essentially. Which then brings with it a whole way of being with people. Yeah. It, it aligns to everything that I believe about learning. Right. And the fact that it's embedded, uh, long-term changes embedded within beliefs and assumptions. I guess it also marries up with me about how I feel about the world and social change in society and how we move and grow. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And um, deep within that then, um, because I think a lot of people that I come across um, don't like Maslow or just think of his hierarchy of needs, but his piece and his body of work is so much more than that. And even just the hierarchy of needs I think is so powerful and important if we Mm. actually look at it and explore it, rather than just use it, again, as a... What happens a lot with psychological things? So personality testing comes out of that psychodynamic. We just think, "Oh, that's good. That diagnoses something. Let's use it, and then let's yes. label it, and then we'll get on with things." But actually, there's much more of an interpretation and understanding to get. And humanistic psychology is also concerned with systems and dynamics and relational stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that there's a there's a lots of. Uh, great pieces of work and, and literature by Maslow and one where he articulates what we've been talking about,
0: mm.
1: about listening, if you can listen without evaluation, without judgement, without uh, deciding what you're going to say next, he, word, he words it better than I'm doing now, but deciding mm-hmm. what you mm-hmm. think or checking in with how you feel, deciding if you disagree. and it, it, it's just the power of that for somebody else is so enabling for them as, a, as an independent thinker who's capable of making good choices. Right. So I guess that's kind of where it all fits and comes from for me. And I, I don't know whether it's a choice or it must be if I believe that, <laughs> a choice to be that kind of person. But I remember as I've gone along the way and discovered different things and done different studies and Mm, and mm. things like that I've thought this is speaking to me so strongly so that when I have done academic work for example I'm very very aware and clear that it's coming from this position because I can't go anywhere Mm. else now and spent a lot of time doing as I say solution focused and motivational interviewing but again very person-centered um, and when you do them, it sits with with that set of beliefs. So it's really difficult to um, change them. You just believe yeah, yeah, them.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm alright with that. I'm okay with that. There's a lot of things that I don't know. I don't know that I am, and I wouldn't give myself as a label. What humanistic psychologist is one of them that I know.
0: Yeah.
1: It's definitely what I live and breathe nice does that what does that relate to positive psychology for
0: you I mean yes it really does um, but it was just I really just enjoyed that unraveled thinking from you there Joe. and <laughs> uh, it was really nice just to hear you kind of riff about what the what the world of what that world of psychology means to you and how uh, how how you think about it and the way you expressed it was really really nice lots of just great stuff in there about belief in the other person about having that solution focus looking for strengths moving away from this risk assessment mm-hmm. view of the world Which interestingly that's what um, I spoke about with Sarah when I had her on as a guest as well where she was actually she using the same kind of medical model actually where she said that it's when you go in to talk to the doctor it's often about well oh, this is broken and this is something this is what's wrong with me help mm-hmm. help me fix this and often that's the place which the, the, your doctor will pick up the conversation from then because they're trying to mend you they're trying to heal you in some way but what we don't really have is someone to go to and have that conversation to say, yeah, I'm actually doing okay. I want to be a lot better than I am now. Uh, and help me build my strengths for me, please. And yeah. you go, you what? I, I don't even... <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. What do you mean you're okay and you want to be better and you want to build your strengths? How do I... I how, do, how, do, how do we even start to have that conversation? Which is where then people start to assume things like, oh, what, do you mean you need like therapy or something? No, you don't need to have therapy in order to help build a person's strength or to help build a, an individual up and, and to develop them in, and help them believe in themselves. Mm. It involves a whole other, it involves a completely different way of having conversations about the world. But that's, you can learn that stuff.
1: Mm, exactly. And I've used it practically in, in so many ways and a right. lot of the time within. Um, when I've line-managed people in a work setting and definitely within coaching environments. So so coaching fits directly for me on on top of that humanistic approach and that humanistic psychological approach.
0: Yeah. And I see that as well. Certainly from um, when I've experienced some really powerful coaching it's because there's been those elements quite closely either drawn on or directly, or because there's, you know, the the, the, uh, the coaching that I received is is because it has those kind of values at its heart. Mm. Um, and yeah, absolutely. So I agree with you on that.
1: I think it also comes from um, working in environments with people that have done um, rubbish things. was going to swear then.
0: <laughs> you can swear. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that have done shit things I was going to say and had a bad yeah. time and yeah. then the stuckness right the helplessness and the learned helplessness and the stuckness yeah that people get and learning the hard way when I was younger that no matter how much I want to change the situation for the people and to make it better I can want that with the whole of my heart and the whole of my head and the whole of my being but it won't work. And to learn that is is awful, because when you set out on a path and you think, you wanna do, I wanna do uh, work that changes the world, or I wanna yeah. help people and enable people, and then you learn the hard way, and you probably relearn it, and relearn it, and relearn it, yeah. that just because you want to help someone, it doesn't mean that you can. And right. that to, the better thing to do, and the thing that actually works and actually helps, is to learn how to help people to help themselves. Yes, yeah. And positive psychology gives you so many tools, and and ways and approaches and bits of language and ways of asking questions and ways of being that, that allow you to be that kind of professional or that kind of practitioner. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? That makes me feel good if I can help other people feel good about themselves.
0: So yeah, next, I like Positive yes.
1: psychology because it makes me feel good because I know it's not altruism I know it's like the reward of <laughs> having said that I've worked in a lot of environments so you just have to like plant the seed and cross your fingers that at some point whether it's like the following week or five years down the line like working yeah. with people in addiction you just have to trust it you just have to trust that you know that you're being as effective as you can be with your language and the way that you are with people
0: Yeah.
1: say so that somewhere along the line something will land for them at the right time because you every time you saw them you help them plant seeds yeah, yeah
0: yeah absolutely
1: you you never get someone walking into a service like that going oh hi joe yeah i'm completely free of addiction now yeah life's <laughs> brilliant all my ducks are in a row thank right. you yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's just not the way it goes
0: no <laughs> and i I, I guess also, you know, just in that as well. There, there's also something about the uh, kind of the ongoing work that we have to do as as people. That just because you develop a certain set of thinking uh, and a, uh, and you might have a strong set of practices that help you to do things in ways which are helpful to you and helpful to others, doesn't mean that you've got things sorted and sussed either, though. Oh God, gotcha. yeah. You know, there's still... uh, Certainly I've experienced that as well, you know, there's... What, in (laughs) me? No! no. (laughs) My own work, um, which you've helped me with massively, is that even though I've I've learned a lot about myself and feel that I'm in a a much stronger position now with a lot of stuff than I have been for a long, long time, Mm. there's still more that I can do, Mm. and it's not because I want to try and um, uh, become this like uber amazing, awesome person um, who never does anything wrong and has everything sussed in life. I just very much recognise that there's lots of aspects of life which Where I can still apply a different kind of focus, and mm. I can still uh, it can it can still be a better type of um, thing. And mm. you know, so as as an example, right? Sometimes parenting is really hard. Mm. Sometimes it's really hard because you have um, various things going on at home, and it can just create natural pressure and stress. And so, it can be really hard to maintain a healthy way to think about stuff. Yeah, yeah and then and so when you when you hit that kind of point it's not that you stop becoming um, somebody who believes in or for me right it's not that i stop believing in positive psychology and what it can do Mm. it's just more that my energy reserves are are taken away from what that what that normally allows for Mm -hmm. and then i think that comes back to the point that you raised earlier about well it's at, those, it's at those points I really need to recognise, and I have, I've started to do this in, in better ways, is what's my self-compassion at those moments? Mm. What's,
1: this,
0: what's the self-compassionate thing I can do when, I'm, when I recognise that I'm not working at my best, or I'm not, not just working, but not either parenting at my best or not being a friend at my best or whatever it is, mm. because I recognise there's something in me that's, that's, that's gone um, left field. Mm. And I needed to come back onto a normal track of what I want it to be.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That that makes me think of. Um, I really like Stephen Covey's First Things First book. Right. And um, he does I don't this, know it, but okay. Um, I really like it. He does this Venn diagram of right. four circles. Yeah. And then when they are all overlapping and they're all being fulfilled in the same way, the. The overlap of the four in the middle is called the fire within okay so that's like your energy system and then the the, f- the four um, circles are different types of energy so okay. Um, okay I probably can't remember them all accurately but there's like physical emotional mental and spiritual I think right and I've used that before to do what you were describing there's yeah. like a written exercise, like with myself and, and with other people to figure out what are the things that, that fill up, I call them tubs, that fill yeah. up my energy tubs and to take take personal responsibility for filling up my energy tubs. Because if I want to be all yeah. the things I want to be, then I've got to know what fills up my energy tubs. Right. So one of them is um, yoga for me and it fills up probably three of those, helps to keep full um, yeah. three of those. Um. And it's easy to neglect it, a bit like you just said about the thinking and, and, the, the, yeah, ways right. and the ways of being. I, I wholeheartedly believe in yoga, I've done it for a long time. It doesn't mean that I don't have weeks where I don't go to class or I don't do any. And it just falls off the, the radar for one thing and another.
0: Yeah.
1: But I quite like that, what you said about um, that that kind of first things first thing gives me like a practical, so what are the actual things? Yes. And and noticing them and nourishing them, like having a cup of tea on my own outside on the bench and looking at the trees in the morning for 10 minutes
0: Yeah,
1: is amazing for me. Yeah, right. Which sounds so small and so insignificant, but when I make the time to get up a bit earlier and go and do that, mm. it's wonderful. Before yes. everybody else's life enters my day, just for yeah, 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. And I, just that just made me think of the empathy thing, I just said about other people's life entering mm-hmm. uh, my day. I think when you asked me at the beginning where all of that comes from,
0: mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I've
1: always been empathic and mm-hmm. noticed mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that I perhaps, perhaps ought to have not noticed as a child. I used to pick up on so much stuff.
0: Right. Uh,
1: relational stuff, conversations yeah. with people and... Um, Noticing emotions, I didn't know what they were or what to do with them. But
0: yeah, you get, yeah, yeah, you get yeah.
1: a bit older and like things start to really bother me. Like I mentioned the Romanian thing and when we had yeah. um, um, refugees arrived in the village that I lived in, it was, it was I was just so fascinated and interested. As soon as I could start to read the paper, I guess, and really take the right. stuff on board, and it was almost too much. Like I, I wish there was a, bo- a switch. Yeah, I was talking. I was talking to someone the other day about um, superpowers, and then we got to talk about work top trumps. Right, and he, he was talking about how he'd done that once with a team, and they created like these top trumps cards for people at work. Yeah, and we were joking about it, and then he said, "So I think yours would be uh, diplomacy and empathy." And then um, we were light hearted. Then we were sat waiting for this presentation to start, so quite quiet. And he just said yeah. to me, "How?" what's it like because I think that's something that he, he um, would like to do and be more of he's like what's it like being so empathic and I just straight away said I wish I could switch it off right <laughs> said, it's emotional I wish I could just switch it off yeah and 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 some days just not care about anybody else
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and that's a that's a really uh, I love that because it's I recognise that, you know, um, mm. I, I recognise that in myself as well, is that it's, I, I learned a long while ago, I don't, I don't, it's very rare. very rare that I will sympathise with somebody. Yeah. But I'll, I'll I can empathise with somebody quite, quite heavily. Mm. And it's, you're right, it is um, using words that you and Phil spoke about on, on your podcast when you were together. It is emotional labour for you personally. Mm. <clears throat> because it, it does take... It takes it, Well, it takes lots of stuff, right? It takes the energy, it takes the listening, it takes the time, um, it takes the attention that you're giving to that person to truly understand where they're coming from in order to be able to just let them know that you're there for them. Mm. That's it's, it's heavy stuff. Yeah. But also, then it kind of reveals in itself why why some people are quite uncomfortable with that because I think in a similar way, I don't get burdened with other people's stuff. I, I've i yeah. heard people talk to me about a whole range of stuff in life and I don't feel that I'm any more negatively affected <coughs> hmm. because of that. If anything, I think it... See, I wonder if it strengthens... If, if it provides strength in a different way, which is around... Um, the capacity to be able to uh, hear and accept other points of view.
1: Mm. yeah.
0: And it's certainly something which over kind of the last I don't know, six months or so, maybe a bit more, on social media, what I've personally noticed just about how I've started to engage with sometimes contentious trolls, right, is, um, you know, somebody will tweet something out and it's quite a powerful statement, And then often trolls will jump on it to try and just troll that person. And every now and then I'll just, there's one person or there's a troll who will have said something. And I'll be like, "Mm, I I need to know what's going on there. Mm. So I, I just start having a conversation with that person. And obviously I'm biased in where I'm coming from because I'm trying to understand why they're not thinking what I'm thinking. But I'm also trying to find out where they're coming from as well. Mm. But I don't know if I would have been able to do that were I not very comfortable just allowing people to let me know what they need to say. Mm. Um.
1: Yeah. Mm. And I just think, um, although it's, like, trivial and a bit jokey to talk about the superpowers thing, and... I love it. (laughs) But it sits in the frame of... If you're strength-focused, if, if you have that and you can do that, I think that's what you should give to the world, yeah, to yeah, other right. people, that's your yeah. contribution. I'm not an engineer, I'm not, go- I'm not an inventor, and I'm not going to design anything wonderful or be an entrepreneur, but I can give yeah. that. I can give that and keep giving that. And it's about choosing to... That's
0: nice
1: live within the challenge of it, isn't it? Mm, mm. I like to live life where I'm stretching and challenging myself to feel a little bit more uncomfortable mm. and do things that feel a little bit harder. And I don't mean that in any sense of the word in terms of um, any sensationalism of other people's struggles because that's something that's never been there for me that I see in, in uh, sometimes in professional spaces. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I think um, if you can, it isn't hard. It's a choice to be that that way and to be that kind of professional and person.
0: Yeah. So around that, I, so, some of the things you mentioned a bit earlier was around how we can it can change the way we use um, the way that we communicate with others and the language that we use. How, what what do you notice about the the way that you use your language compared to other ways conversations could happen?
1: Um, I suppose one of the obvious things um, and these are probably things that I've noticed and also intentionally delivered in learning sessions are um, trying to get rid of um, language like shoulds and oughts and need tos and want- yeah, right. wants for other people so mm-hmm. i remember when um my mom goes or, or somebody else i've got such funny stories of my own brain so, <laughs> so at my old house my um neighbor as friendly and and as well-meaning as she was Used to peer over the fence all the time, and I'm not used to having neighbors like that. So she used to want to chat, and then um, my garden was massive and unruly, and I tried really hard. It's an analogy of life at the time, actually. I tried really hard okay. to get it to get it to, in order. Planted lots of things. Anyway, she leaned over the fence one day and said, "Oh, that's a really nice uh, bush you've got there, whatever it was." And I was like, "Oh, thanks. It was already here. Like, I really like the flowers on it. It's growing wild and shit." And then she went. What you need to do is, and I didn't ask her for any advice, but she started right. telling me, yeah, and yeah. then from that moment on, my my stubborn brain was going right. I'm not doing anything with it then. Whatever she says, I'm definitely not doing.
0: Right. And it was like
1: it's like, it like a little switch went where I was yeah. like, well, I'm definitely not doing that then. So I would share that as, as an example for people in terms of what our language can trigger. In in other people, so a a demand or a command can Mm. that comes straightforward and and confronting can put put ourselves in a position of defending.
0: Mm. Yeah, right. And you just think,
1: well, I'm not doing that then. And the the use of and (laughs) instead of but, I think, is so so powerful. And words like wow. The yeah. word "wow" is one of the best words because you can use it in so many different ways, Yes. and you can use it with absolutely no connotation whatsoever. You can just <laughs> say it as a word to that's say that to enough. someone, yeah. yeah, yeah. I really about that. That's true enough.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And um, I've got a book that's called "When Words Were Magic," when words were originally magic, right. and it's out of print now. Um, I got it when it was out of print and it's Steve DeShazer and he was one of the founders of solution focused brief approaches Okay. so again positive psychology um, realms Um, and it's just beautiful and it's just transcripts of conversations with him and colleagues as they're exploring language and how to use it and how to use it better
0: wow Um, did you see what I just did there? (laughs)
1: it was good it was good (laughs) and I just just like I think it's a starting point when you are trying to look at somebody intentionally practically trying to take a different approach with people around encouraging other people to make positive change so as I think about that I'm thinking about addiction and and treatment and psychosocial approaches which are also like coaching approaches but Mm. if you um if you're asking someone questions about their life and behaviors that they mm. do, if you ask in a certain way, if, if you write the sentence down or the question down and then you ask, so if I say that, what do I believe about you?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what are the assumptions that I've already made in that question? So you backtrack that and then you say, mm. well, what do you believe? And what, what would be useful and helpful Assumptions to make about mm. this person in front of you. So, if you assumed and believed that, what would you say? Yeah. So, I'd encourage people to construct their own useful and helpful questions and then yeah. always almost like have them as a cheat sheet and a carry around just to get them into that shift. And I think you can shift your beliefs and your assumptions if you shift your language. And sometimes we need that practical bit of. Yeah of the doing, so the behaviour, so the saying, and if we do it repetitively and cycle it and check back in with it, it shifts our belief and it shifts our position. So then we, we ask questions like that more frequently and more naturally. Yeah. Does that make sense? What oh, it seen?
0: really does. Yeah, 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 it really does. Um, yeah, I mean, it, what it just makes me think is uh, the, the yes, the and but thing, and that... I don't remember where. I think I um, well, I definitely spoke about this with Sarah on, when we had this uh, when we had our conversation about this as well. And I think I described in that one. I think I heard about it from when I, I think I did some like um, improv training, mm-hmm. um, and it's a technique which improv comedians use quite regularly, where they use the word "and" to help build on what the ne- what the pe- what the person has already said before them. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that does is it just helps generate more. Well, just that it just helps generate more. Yeah. And it's quite. And then, um, and the other thing you said about um, how you were given that unsolicited advice, and f- well, for me, what that what that says is that it that the, the other person thinks that you don't have the you don't have the agency to. to to make that decision or to figure it out for yourself
1: Mm.
0: and that because they're the expert or because they are more knowledgeable or whatever it is that they can they can they can tell you what to do because they believe that they've already got the answer
1: Mm.
0: as opposed to believing that you as an individual are capable of arriving at an answer which is going to work for you yeah even even as something as trivial as, oh, this is how you need to get that bush really, really growing in a fantastic <laughs> way. Well, and they even didn't there, say that
1: they did well, not say that.
0: Yeah, I don't, but that's <laughs> me. That's the <laughs> that's <whole> me. <laughs> difference, yeah. isn't it? That, that's me, though, right? So I'm adding into it now the story, make it more colourful. What happened was, <laughs> and um, and so, but to that, it's for me what that's what that is is that it, even there, there's a, a fundamental kind of belief from that person that that you you couldn't have arrived at that decision by yourself. So they, well, need to have, they needed to have told you what the answer was. As, yeah. as, as positively intended as that is, it is steeped in um, a lack of belief in the, in the other person.
1: Yes, exactly. And for all of the stuff that I've learned and know about change, it yeah. does not happen because somebody else or, or for us, like like demands that it should or yeah, gives right. an expert uh, picture. Doesn't matter if if you're right. Doesn't matter if you've given on a real pearl of wisdom and predicted someone else's future, and yeah. then they go and do the other thing that doesn't happen, and you want to say I told you so. It it doesn't matter if it's right or correct. That mm. change for that individual and that person will not happen unless they choose it. And they take on that belief, and it's theirs, and they own it. Yeah. Not the long-term, um, embedded in, in genuine beliefs, kind of change.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: The and word for me is just a pure way of, of empathising with someone mm-hmm. when um, you're talking about change and there's ambivalence, and. Um, so a good, a good example mm-hmm. is when you're, you're the manager and, you're, and you're, or you're the, the practitioner and you feel very strongly that you want someone to make a change in a positive direction where you believe it should go. Yeah, but for yeah, yeah. them, they're, they're ambivalent and there's still lots of reasons to still do it in the current way or the old yes. way. Um, and to listen for ambivalence and then give it back as an and rather than a but. It, without any intonation on which one's the positive and which one's the negative, you right. just reflect it back, so that you offer them the dissonance. Yeah. So you offer it back as if as if to j- just offer it back, quite quite straightly, and it's like a straight reflection. And you you by doing that, you're going. Can you hear that cognitive dissonance? Do you want it? Are you ready to see it? And just yeah, yeah right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's empowering, yeah. and it's like if you if you're not there, you're not there.
0: Yeah, and it's very possible to say something like, um, you know, so if we just take like a common example of someone being late for work, for example, mm. you can say, right, you know, tell me what happened this morning. Oh, well, I didn't get the bus on time. Oh, but what you need to do is, you yeah. just need to get up on time.
1: Yeah.
0: So you've already told the person and you've told them, that, actually, I don't care what you've just said. Yeah. Because I've just used the word but. Yeah. And, the, and the other way to say that is, oh yeah, I totally hear you, and uh, how about if you were to get a different that's or if you were to get up earlier?
1: Mm.
0: It invites a very different, because you've used the word and, you have to start the sentence a very different way.
1: Yeah, you can't. You can't,
0: you can't carry on in the, you, you can't use the same words because it doesn't, well, it doesn't make grammatical sense. Um, but, that, but that's important because it has to, you have to follow A grammatical structure and the word and determines that you have to follow with a different structure of of what that sentence is going to be
1: and it's about it generates a quality it doesn't allow anybody you know like transactional analysis it doesn't allow anyone to be child It, it just off or parent it just offers adult adult
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's really hard to stick with that and keep with that. But if you, if you use language in that way, mm. it, all it does is, is give a quality and bring a quality and generate it. Mm. One of my favourite questions for situations like that is... <laughs> I'm laughing because I've had it really not work very well <laughs> in a lot of times. <laughs> but... Um, so even the tell me why you're late it is like... There's a power there isn't
0: there
1: yes so if you say like um what what made you late or uh, you must have had a good reason for being late and if you say to someone you must have had a good reason for being late all they've got to do is give you the good reason and then yeah it if there isn't a good reason yeah I was, I was with someone in a leadership development session once and they were they were late and they'd not bought their um Pre-work stuff, so it's like stuff right. that you ha- have to had to have done to be ready to do the next bit. And I and I and then um, got to speak to him. And I said, "You must have had a good reason for not being able to bring it with you." And he just went, "No, no, I haven't got a good reason. Just haven't bought it." <laughs> so it's just okay. Like, okay then, let's we'll do a little eye statement at the break then instead. <laughs> but like offering the and that that's on a serious note though there are lots of times when i've offered equality and an adult adult and people in learning environments especially and when you're leading and managing they just want to be child
0: oh yeah absolutely yeah and it's quite it is quite amazing how people just choose to respond in a certain way because even though you're offering them quite a clear olive branch to say look look buddy here's your here's your out you, you know you 've done a, a social ill, I know you've done a social ill I'm giving you that out right here, and they still turn around and they and they stubbornly do the the thing that you don't want them to do. you just go eh, all right then. yeah let, 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 that, that's where this is going to be, so we'll just pick it up from wherever that is
1: mm. I guess with that question I'm just thinking about that more as as I'm listening to you. Is the whole well? You must have had a good reason for being late. So that if if you deliver that, that person can say, "Yeah, I did. I had." They can tell you the shit thing that happened that morning that was a genuine, yeah. like my dog mm. died or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Or they can, or they can go, "Do you know what? I don't think I got. I, I did. I just got up late, or it was the traffic." Yeah. Or do you yeah, know yeah, what? Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't want to do that because I don't have a good reason, and you've made me feel or think that yeah, I ought to have a good reason. Or,
0: right. Mm. and and for me there's 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 a fair bit there as well, which is about the the ownership of and the acceptance of um it's okay to it's okay to not have done something right it's okay to have failed yeah and, I, and I'm not just talking about failure right I'm also just talking about it's okay that if if you've if you've not done something, you can still own that and be honest about it as long as you understand. Mm. that there's an impact on that mm. you know, be it to yourself be it to somebody else be it to a, a wider group of people whatever it is Yeah, it's, it's okay to turn around and say yeah I didn't do that and I fully own that I, I've i let you down yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: or I've let myself down you know whatever it is or you know how, however it gets phrased there's a way to be able to own that but um but there's plenty of people who will just quite willingly turn around and just say, yeah, I didn't do it, so that's your problem, it's not mine. Mm. And, I, yeah. and I struggle with that kind of response because it's like, okay, I don't know how to, I don't know how to respond well to that because that's yeah. just, it's antagonistic for no reason.
1: Throwing it back, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: You have to like, yeah, be ready not to take
0: it, don't you? Yeah. and I. I and so, I mean, what I'm, what I'm really enjoying about this whole chat is just there's there's clearly a, a, a bias that, we, that that you and I have, um, which is around the belief that we have in other people, and that, that other people have the either resources or the energy or the answers or solutions, whatever it is, mm. but that we believe in the other person to be able to... Um, arrive wherever they need to.
1: Mm, I believe that people are inherently good. Yes. And kind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I believe that too. Is that... I was going to ask a a question about whether or not that can be trained. I don't know if that's the question I want to ask, but...
1: it's not it's not know. the question. on think the watch I think when it comes to beliefs mm. so I don't think when I reflect back about my l and d journey I've, yeah. because of the environments i have worked in, i haven't done much that hasn't been about beliefs haven't done much like workshopy group coaching stuff that hasn't been about tapping into what you believe, yeah. and with every single situation as as with what we've been talking about, all you can do is open that up, explore it. And then go, do you want to try out this one instead? Yeah. See how this feels. Yeah, see what yeah. happens when you speak and behave as if you believe this. Yeah. And see what happens. See if that problem you're having goes or that relationship with that person is easier.
0: Yeah. So
1: it's not, it's not trainable, but everybody operates and behaves according to their belief systems. So if you can yeah. create environments where people feel comfortable enough... To completely mm. rattle those foundations and open that up and just go yeah okay then I'll try a new one mm, mm, mm. that they can try it on
0: yeah and see you what you just brought me back I'm sorry, I'm going to I'm gonna cut right across you there but I won't go ahead sorry no
1: no go I, I paused to <laughs> let you there. Know. I was gonna make a joke <laughs> and go go for it <laughs> I
0: bet you forgot what you're going to say now. You? Um, no, I'm, I'm, with it. I'm still there. Um, it's uh, so I was going to say. What that reminds me of is that it's there's an important there, there, there is an important piece here, which is around the consistency that you bring with that approach as well. Because and I'm thinking back to what you described earlier about people coming and when you're doing your work with people who are suffering addiction, is you have to be consistently displaying the same behaviours with them so they understand that you will always behave in that way with them. Mm. They may not experience that in any other part of life that they're facing but when they're with you you are going to be empathic, non-judgmental, you're going to listen openly and all of those good... Yeah, right, yes. And And there's clear ways that you're going to be with that person that helps them to know that they can trust that that consistency of behavior is going to be present and that you're not going to suddenly turn around and start criticizing them or you're going to start using language which is judgmental or Mm. or making them feel bad or um you know comparing them to other people or anything there's there's just a, a a pure ongoing belief that no this is we're here for you. This is about you and what you're going through, as opposed to mm. any other person that is out there in the world.
1: You've put that in a way that I've not articulated it ever before. And and so for that reason, you have to have that set of values that you calibrate with so that you know that you're doing what you're intending to do. Right. And then I suppose f- right from the beginning of our conversation that's kind of where it comes from, because eventually if you intentionally behave and act towards a set of values and beliefs, you then believe them,
0: eventually. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So you can intentionally choose and build your own belief system and your own values. They don't have to be just what you were brought up with or what someone told you you should believe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What that makes me also think about is things like, (coughs) Um, coming back to parenting type situations, is when sometimes my kids will say things, and I have to watch what I'm, how I respond back to them.
1: Mm.
0: You know, so things like, um, you know, if my sons turn around and say something like. Uh, oh, no, actually, if I do it this other way, if, if I turn around and we're talking about their classmates or whatever and um, and we're talking about um, yeah who, who their friends are in class and what have you and then start prying into things like, so have you got a girlfriend? And With the boys, right? And just, you know, that type of questioning. And then they'll turn around and say something like, no, don't be silly. And then and then quite purposefully putting in the next question, oh, have you got a boyfriend? And they're like, no, Dad, that's just gay and then when they say a response like that is is then to is because i'm quite careful at home right i don't say Mm. things like that you know i I don't i don't say things in a way which is disparaging to other groups in any and i'm really cautious about that Mm. so when they do say things like that is then to turn around and say for me what i recognize is i need to then step in and say well now hold on a second it's totally okay if people are gay and if you want to date boys that's totally fine as well if you want to date girls i've got Either way, that's going to be totally fine here. Mm. But for them to hear that is one thing. But for me to, I, I need to know that I'm consistent with that as well, though. That, that they need to, so not only do I say that, but I also make sure that we have good, com, just regular conversations about that stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Because there's also something here for me around um, around that. It's, it's the way that, you know, if we want people to find strength and realise that they have their own strength, like well, I love the way you said that. You have to give that strength out. Yeah. So you have to show people that it's okay to have these beliefs. It's okay to have these values. You can act and live inclusively. Certainly, that's what I choose to do. Yeah. And there's a way that 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 you can it, you can have those conversations which holds people in strength, mm. and it doesn't ho- it doesn't you, and, and you're not holding negative stuff about them. Mm.
1: Yeah, and it's so I just find I really enjoy it when I've managed to encourage someone to enjoy difference in other people right I like watching people get all uncomfortable with hearing about something that completely contradicts what they believe and think and yet they learn to be able to to sit and hear that and then say their bit but but be accepting of i love those kind of exercises i love that kind <laughs>
0: of running yeah so it's been, it's been really enjoyed having the chance to just kind of chew through mm. What positive psychology in life looks like, I suppose.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: The different ways that you've experienced that. The way that you've used that with me personally through my own stuff as well as ongoing conversations about just lots of stuff that you and I have.
1: You can't really plan a podcast, can you? You've just got to kind of open it up and let it go. And trust that you're going to have a conversation when you've reflected a few things back and said it's made sense. I'm like, oh, that's good because I didn't know if it did as I was saying it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I I think it's one of the things I enjoy quite a lot about conversational podcasts like this one is that yeah. it, you know you just allow each other the space to talk and think, and that's quite powerful. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, clearly there's others where they they, they stick to kind of a, a schedule of conversations and you know, length and what the content has to be, and it gets interrupted with adverts and all sorts. And,
1: so, I yeah, like it I a mean. bit longer because I'm just getting going. When in yeah. when, um, like thirty minutes, I'm just getting into it. And <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. right. <laughs> I, yeah. like,
1: I was just going to say something really good, and it's finished. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honest, <laughs> it's going to come. <laughs> that's right. Thank you.
0: No, absolutely. It's been lovely it's uh, exploring been really good. all
1: of that with you. It made me realise we actually haven't sat and spoken about positive psychology I was thinking before. the same. <laughs> we actually haven't, have we? At all the times we've realised, read each other's blogs and realised we like the same things in brief little conversations. Yes. We've never actually sat and explored it.
0: No, we haven't.
1: That's lovely. And it's it's no,
0: no, no, thank you. Thank you for the time. It's been great to have you on. Uh, so I guess that kind of brings us to a natural wrap up and close for today for this episode. Um, and for anyone listening, please do get in touch with uh, Joe. Um, you can, uh, Joe. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you if uh, they want to say hi? Twitter. Okay, and you are at.
1: Joe underscore coaches.
0: Thank you. And uh, if you have anything that you want to comment on about the podcast, then uh, please do do that wherever you think is best. You can do that on the uh, on the podcast website, threegoodpodbean.com. dot com. Do it on Twitter if you want, or on LinkedIn. I think this has been a really good just ongoing exploration of positive psychology and how it's manifest for us as, uh, I guess, we're practitioners, aren't we, Joe?
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Um, and there's there's as much value in the research and the academia that's out there as, as much as there is the lived experience that that you can gain from um, from just doing stuff. Mm. So I really appreciate this conversation.
1: Mm. Thanks, Joe. Me too. Thank you.
0: Bye folks
1: Bye.